All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We're in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great. Andrew, welcome. Justin Hodgman, all the way from Sheffield, England. Justin joining us again. Justin, welcome. How's it going, man? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back. So uh, when we first talked, we uh, talked about your career, I think, in detail up until your Sheffield experience. You were signed. Um, I don't think you were on the plane yet. So uh, just a quick recap, if we could talk a little bit about Sheffield, who's having an incredible season. Uh, You're having a good season. Uh, Let's talk a little Sheffield hockey. So how is it going? Yeah, I mean, uh, to date, it's been going great. Uh, right now we're sitting in, in first um, and the um, the big thing to play for over here is a regular season uh, championship. Um, so it kind of makes like every game almost like a playoff because you can't afford to drop points. And so right now we're in, in a battle for win first with uh, second and third nipping at our uh, at our heels, um, which makes every game interesting. Um, we had a game on Wednesday. Unfortunately, we it was one of those game in, games in hand that we had and and we couldn't pick up the points, so it made that race even tighter. Um, but it's been great. Like I said, it's it's been a while since I've been on a on a team like this where the expectation to win was so high. Um, and like you said, you know, personally, you know, doing doing well, and and really couldn't be happier. So talk a little bit about uh, your your at least up to thirty games. I didn't check the stats for the last three games, but your plus eight. Seven goals, 14, uh, 17. You might have eight goals by now. Uh, so you're having a pretty good season. Yeah, for me, those are those are numbers where that right around where I should be at, at this point in my in my career. Um, I think um, I, I popped a few early um, goals, that is. And then I went on and I think someone someone counted the days. It was like 86 days without a goal. Nobody oh, uh, um, counted. And, <laughs> Yeah, not great. Not great. They asked, they asked me in an interview. I kind of had an idea what the number was, and I, I skipped over it, and they went back and did their homework and posted oh. it. So uh, that was a little humbling. And then as soon after they did that, I kind of uh, broke out of my slump, actually. I think the realization of the actual number was maybe enough to, to get the monkey off my back. And um, ever since then, I've been you know scoring a little bit more, uh, which is great, helping a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, our team is, is so deep. Um, that there is a lot of guys where the goals can come from, which is nice. So I know that you played overseas and in other leagues before, Justin, but correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is your first season in the EIHL over in the UK. So is there any difference? Did you have to adjust your game at all? Or that was, I know that the ice is much bigger, but I assume it's the same way in the KHL as well, correct? Yeah, like I, I've played all over Europe. So the big ice for me is, you know, an advantage. It's always been an advantage to me and that I've, I've used um, to my benefit since I came over when I was 23 in Finland. Um, so that's nothing new. And, and to be honest with you, the bigger ice com- combined with the, the UK uh, hockey style, which is a lot more North American than what I've experienced in the past, has just been uh, made the transition a lot easier. Um, with the amount of imports that we have here in, in uh, the UK, um, you'll see most of the players from, uh, you know, North America. Um, so it just makes it uh, the um, adapting a little easier. Yeah. How is it playing on a team uh, where, you know, you've got the native Brits and like you said, a lot of imports. How does, how does the coach, the coaching staff, the players, how do, how do you get it to mesh so that everybody's a team? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that hard, especially with this group, with our leadership. Um, it's probably the best dress room I've ever been a part of. And I, 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 it is the best dress room I've ever been a part of. Um, I had a feeling it was going to be that way coming in, um, knowing that the core was here for so long. Um, and then you see that the imports um, that were returning have been here for three, four, five years, if not more. And when you see that, um, you know, especially in Europe with how much turnover there is, um, that screams um, good things. Um, and I was right. Like I said, the room is great. The guys are great. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we've been so successful. Yeah. And you guys have been successful, but I'm looking up stats. And of course, um, I, we don't get to watch any games, but we try to watch the highlights and we're following Sheffield. And um, I mean, the goaltender has been stellar. Uh, you know, you got Brust and uh, Stojanovic. Yeah, we'll just call him Rock. The, the, the Rock. Yeah, we call him the yeah, Rock. I mean, the Rock he's, Wall. He's seventeen and three, and Brust is ten and three. I mean, uh, I mean, what a what a goaltending team. Yeah, you can't. I mean, everyone knows you can't win a championship without great goaltending. Um, there and a, a lot of teams in this league are relying on one goalie. Um, there's a lot of hockey to be played here. Um, so having a two goalie system, which we pretty much run every year, it's almost been uh, switching off games constantly. So um, lots of rest, which is great for them. They have a great relationship. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's one A and one B, but you know, not even that. There's I couldn't tell you who one A was. They're just both number ones. Um, so we're extremely lucky in that sense. Um, and it's been um, a huge benefit for us. Um, I don't think Rock was in the plans to begin with. Um, and we got extremely lucky to have him. Just uh, Brusty's had, had a visa issue at the start of the year, and we had to bring in a goalie. Um, he had great numbers from the French League. He's Slovenian. Um, Foxy brought him in. He was lights out, and it was clear that he wasn't going anywhere. So out of everybody on your team right now that you practice, played games with, who's been your favorite line mate to play with so far? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, you know, I've, I've made a, a few good um, connections chemistry-wise. Uh, Matias Soin, too, and I really uh, hit it off. He's a Finnish player. Uh, I was familiar with the Finnish game. He's easy to play with. Um, Tanner Eberly and I have been started the year together, um, got separated uh, during my slump, and have recently got back together. Um, and have been gelling really nice. Martin Latal is another one, um, uh, one of the probably the fastest player um, I've ever played with. If you watch some of the highlights, uh, this guy can fly. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, so you kind of just get it, get him the puck and watch him go, uh, nice. like the like the road runner. Um, so those three probably are are the top three. But like I said, our group is is um, so deep, and the, the line as lines have changed um a decent amount like they do on every team and and uh, there really has been no issues whatsoever so kind of jumping uh to another topic but i, I want to stay on the team and correct me if i'm wrong set the record straight but uh, you know you, you recently talked about uh having a, a fractured patella signing with sheffield <laughs> and i want to talk a little bit well of course about how the knee's doing but also um, talk about this. It seems like, uh, from what I read, Sheffield, you disclosed the injury. Sheffield said, we're going to stick with you. Uh, we're going to, we know you're going to be fine. Uh, you've had to rehab that. You had to fly across the pond to join them. It seems like uh, Sheffield believed in you, 
let you do your thing and, and it all worked out. And that always doesn't happen in professional sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the injury was in April, like cracked my kneecap. Um, thankfully, it didn't require surgery, but the, the rehab was absolutely um, intense. Um, it was a grind. Um, when I spoke with Foxy, our head coach, um, I let I had to let him know, obviously, right away. Um, and, and the two teams that I was talking to, I disclosed the injury to both of them, and they were both um, confident that there was enough, enough time. Um, luckily, it happened earlier in the summer. Um, yeah, so they both, you know, put the confidence in me to, to get the job done. Um, and, um, and yeah, so when I showed up, it was, you know, getting later into the summer, not being able to skate. I was, I was worried. I was real worried, um, if it was going to be able to happen. Um, but it, it just kind of, I turned the corner right, right when I, I needed to, um, the training camp here was short. So it was, uh, took a while, you know, to get in shape at the start of the year um bothered me a little bit it was biting a little bit sometimes you know when I was where I'd come off a hard practice and then when you're walking on the hard on the hard surface it's a lot different than a, a a skating stride I wouldn't feel it during my stride but afterwards it was biting a little bit and you know after getting it um, acclimated to the our daily schedule our weekly schedule um it's been it's been great it's been a non-issue missed no games because of it no practices because of it and I'm very thankful to uh to the physio, uh, Mike, that helped me all summer um, get to where I needed to be. And so I, I definitely want uh, you to kind of elaborate on this. I know that it's part of the job as an athlete, but still it's got to be the roughest part of the job, and that's rehabbing from any type of injury, but especially an injury like a, a knee injury or anything like that. And, you know, I've only had one surgery on my knee, and I didn't play sports or anything like that too much growing up, but I can only imagine the, the stuff that I had to go through if you guys have to go through that all the time, mentally, what do you guys do to get through that grind? And that's a good way to put it because it's an everyday. You got to work. You can't forget about it. And uh, I mean, I got lazy with it. I couldn't do it. I can't imagine you guys uh, as a job have to keep up with that. So mentally, how do you go through a rehab like that? Yeah, I mean, you don't. It, it's your livelihood, right? You don't have a choice to um, to take any days off or, or to be to be lazy with your rehab because you, you just know in the back of your mind that um you won't be able to do what you need to do to perform. Um, and that's, you know, and this was a, a really uh, bothersome for me going into what I figured would be my last season um, without any guarantees, but, you know, a, a pretty good idea. Um, and so it was tough and you just need to rely on your support system. Obviously when you are on crutches for six weeks, you need a lot of help, um, you know, which I was lucky to have. And um with uh, friends and family and whatnot and, uh, and the kids. Um, and, um, and yeah, that's it. You really rely on your support system and you, you put your trust in the medical staff. And I was blessed to have um, both, both of those were, were great for me. And um, we got my, got me where, to where I needed to be. So uh, we talked a little off air just so that I wouldn't sound dumb with this. And, and it's, and it's called the eddies, correct? In Sheffield. Yeah. So it's yeah. crazy for, uh, North American fans here uh, over there, and and I, I'm assuming this is Sheffield specific. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, they have celebrations, kind of like what Carolina Hurricanes okay. do. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's like a. a I'll let Justin kind of tell the story for the Americans. So what what happens? And bring us through the first time you had to do it, because to me, I would think like, man, that's more stress than scoring goals. <laughs> 
yeah, so what, what, yeah, what, what yeah. am I talking about? What, what is <laughs> yeah. this? So it's a little similar to the Hurricanes um, celebration that I know they don't do it anymore. Um, they kind of squashed that. But when theirs was more of a, a team celebration, um, which I kind of would have preferred, ours is more of an individual celebration. Um, so the player of the game here, the first star, they don't do first, second, third star. They just hand out a man of the match for the away team and the home team. So when we have home games, it's called the Eddie. Um, I probably should have done my homework. I'm not sure of the player's name, but he had Eddie incorporated somewhere in his name. And he always, after wins, used to just do a singular celebration where, you know, you can involve your teammates, you know, you try and they try to try and get as creative as you can. Um, and you're right. It's extremely stressful. I, I was telling you off air there, it was, uh, uh, I had an idea that I was going to get picked. And you know, when I had a big game, I think I had three points, one and one and two or something like that. Um, it was a big win. And I actually tried to get the off ice officials to call up to the, to the white house. They call here to tell them like, you know, please don't pick me. Like, I. I get terrible anxiety. Um, I already um, going in front of everybody, um, trying to make it interesting and funny and memorable. I just, I well, I did not want to do it. Um, so the message didn't get up there. They picked me. Uh, the heart rate shot up automatically. The guys are all watching. You know, we have an unreal fan base here, six to 8,000 people watching. Um, and you have to do a full lap first. Now you have time to think about it and you're on an island. Um, so, so the first one I did, uh, a moonwalk right down the middle. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, there was a guy that used to play here, Aaron Johnson. That was his move. Had I known that I probably wouldn't have tried it because he was a fan favorite, but uh, <laughs> oh, I, I thought it looked terrible when I watched it back. Everyone loved it. Um, for the most part, I think. Um, and then I got picked for a second one. Um, and obviously being in England, you can use props and different teammates and whatnot. So being in England, I kind of did like a, a football, a soccer reference. So um, I had two of my players pretend to be the, the goalposts for, uh, for a net. And then I asked one of my teammates to be the goalie and I told him which way to dive. And I had, the, I had the trainers grab me the side, the football, the soccer ball. Uh, I got to be careful here in England yeah, <laughs> to, grab, yeah, to grab the ball. And then uh, I, just, I put it at center ice and pretended like I was taking a penalty kick and, and scored and celebrated on my knees. And hopefully that's the last one I do. I, I want to keep playing great to the man yeah. of the match, uh, whatever uh, capabilities or whatnot. But I, I really hope I don't have to do any more of those. <laughs> keep doing the moonwalk, man. Just keep recycling it. Maybe it'll yeah. yeah. I don't know. You never I know. Think, I think, I think, I think he's kind of judged on creativity. Okay, I see. Yeah. Well, so I was about to say too. I mean, you're the fan base is crazy over right. there. The, the fan base, and we've known that only because since we had you on almost a year ago, it's. I mean, we we've had a bunch of messages from Sheffield people. Uh, people, anything that's got Hodgman in it, they'll retweet, and uh, they actually follow our podcast just because you were on our podcast and things like that. So. Yeah while you think it's a football soccer crowd over there and it is man Sheffield seems like they've got some die hard hockey fans. The arena looks it's, great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We got a great arena. I, I'm not sure how many it sits. Um, maybe 9,200 is a sellout. I think we've had one or two this year. Um, but even still, it's always anywhere from six to eight. Um, they love their hockey. They're engaged. Um, you know, they're always there early. 
Um, they're interactive during the game. Um, it's, um, it's a real treat. I heard it was great before I came. I had no idea it was this good. Um, and, you know, like I've kept alluding to recently, if this is my last year, I'm, I'm extremely thankful to have, have played in front of this fan base. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, we had on uh, not too long ago, Tim Cranston, who mm -hmm. I guess is, you, I think it's Tim Cranston, yep, used to Tim be a big fan favorite there in Sheffield 15 years ago or whatever like that. And he was talking about Sheffield and uh, yeah, they just got a strong, strong fan base. Yeah, he holds right they, love, they love their hockey. Yeah, they, yeah they really do. How um, I'll put you on the spot. I mean, there's only one right answer to this, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Um, are the fans um, knowledgeable about hockey the way that we are here in North America? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that might be something that, you know, it's a fair question for sure. But like I said, they are engaged throughout the game. They know exactly when when to cheer for, when to boo, when to question calls. So there's no replays of what an icing is on the Jumbotron every time? No, 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 none of that. I'm telling you, these they're, they're great. They know their hockey. They love their hockey. Um, the interactions have been unbelievable. Um, it's been a great experience so far and uh, really makes you want to bring home a, a couple trophies for them. Yeah. So uh, we'll switch gears here and we'll talk about something that you've recently started to talk about. And that's talking about mental health issues. And for our podcast, I mean, we could name five right away that um, and, you know, guys that have played them all of their career in the NHL to guys that never made it to the AHL um, talking about the same thing. It's talking about being professional, the pressure of uh, and we talked a little bit before we came on about uh, from a fan's point of view, you get on the players. Like you said, you had a strump, uh, 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 a slump. And but it's getting through and, you know, the fans can get on you. But for you, it's livelihood. It's about family. It's your job. Uh, you know, you've recently started to come out about some of that stuff. So we had on Ian Kesserich, who was a um, AHL, ECHL goal here in Tulsa and elsewhere in his career. Well, anyway, he would talk about early on in his career and he's a goalie. He would get stressed out about any goal that went in and he'd be irate about it. He was basically immature is what he's talking about. He'd scream at his teammates, uh, you know, I mean, literally anybody. And he had talked about how with maturity, but going through the struggles of, of professional hockey, he's had to learn where he finally got to a place before he retired of coming to terms with everything and, and dealing with, I guess you could say anxiety, but just kind of dealing with things he can control, things he can't control and his place in that world. So, um, you know, you've been through up and down different leagues. You've had uh, highs, you've had some lows. Uh, it seems like now you're starting to have a high towards, uh, you know, where you are now. Talk to us a little bit about the real life struggles of being a professional athlete like that. Yeah, you know, like you said, um, it's not always as glorious as, as what it may be, um, you know, depicted in, in, uh, in public. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it's an extreme privilege to be playing a kid's game for a living. Um, I am feel so lucky to have done it for, for so long. Um, you know, obviously there's players who have done it for longer and, and but some that are, are cut short for, for various reasons. But yeah, I, I have, um, I, in my personal opinion, I had a great career and I'm extremely thankful. 
Um, but it has been a struggle. Um, it has been a, a, almost a daily struggle for me, to be honest with you. Um, starting back when I was a teenager in the OHL, um, which is a, an extremely high, high pressure um, league to play in as a teenager. Um, that, and I, I probably wasn't prepared for what I was getting into um, at the time. I think players are much more prepared now for what to expect and um, you know, just with all the um, attention to social or to mental health, sorry, um, and, and just being better in general, um, you know, so that's great, you know, for, for those kids at those, that level and, and moving forward. But like I said, it, it's been a grind when I was a teenager, there was just some days that I just didn't want to get out of bed. I, I couldn't explain why, um, you know, I was afraid to admit it. Um, I would be, um, mood swings like you, uh, like you wouldn't believe. Um, and coming up through the game, um, being sent up and down, dealing with being away from family, whether it's for a season or for a weekend or a week, um, being away from the family, um, being traded, being benched, being, um, you know, uh, you, you name it, changing leagues, changing countries, um, the travel, the grind of the travel, you know, when you're in the NHL, you're on, on the private jets, when you're anywhere else, you're on the bus, um, you know, that's a grind. Um, so there are, are many things that, that go into it. Um, my personal experience, um, I'll be honest with you, like it, it, I could name all those things, but it could also be absolutely nothing. It could just be a day that I've woken up that, that's happened. I'll be honest with you this week, even still to this day, um, I just wake up and I, I really just don't want to get out of bed. I just want to roll back over and, and get in the sheets and, and just turn my brain off and not have to deal with, with the daily struggle. Um, but um, I have a great support system. Um, you know, I know that I have people here that I can rely on, that I can talk to people at home that I can rely on, that I can talk to. Um, I, I wasn't always eager to, to go to therapy. Um, um, when I finally went, I found it extremely helpful and I hope that anyone who's struggling will do the same thing. Um, when I've fallen apart, it's when I've been too proud to go to therapy. There's, I I've had, uh, a couple of different stints and in, in going to, um, you know, speak to somebody on a weekly basis. Um, and at my worst, I had to check myself into rehab for, for suicidal uh, thoughts. Um, and it was, um, a very scary realization to, to get to that point. Um, thank God I did. I, I think it saved my life. I know it saved my life. Um, and, um, and, and, and yeah, so it's, it, it's been a grind so, in, you that, know, in that sense. You just, you just mentioned, you know, you, you've had a, a gold slump for what, how, 86 days, right? 86 games. It was a, a long, long time. Yeah. Too long. So not, not to harp on it, but it's okay. All right. So now you are who you are today. Uh, how did you get through that? And, and, you know, I think it's bull crap if, you know, if athletes say like, well, I don't read the paper. I don't read online. I, I know they do. I know you do. I won't speak for anybody, but of course, yeah. Yeah. So for me but how did you get through that? Did it matter? Well, I mean, cause now you're a much more mature guy. You're, you're, you're a vet. How, how did you get through that? Was it a big deal? Was it not to get through the slump? 
Yeah. So for me, speaking towards the goal slumps, I, I'm a pass first guy anyways. I'm a playmaker um, first. Um, I, I'd rather have, you know, 50 assists and 50 goals, or maybe let's say 50 assists or 30 goals. 50 goals would be nice. Um, so, so luckily when I was just say for my slump this year, um, I was still making plays, you know, the, there was a few, uh, I won't call them pundits, just fans that were, you know, giving me a hard time, but that's their prerogative. That's their right. They pay um, for entertainment. They pay for results. They pay for, you know, to come in and um, get their money's worth. And at, at some points this year, um, I wasn't doing the best that I could. Obviously, you know, I have my demons and I have my daily struggles, but for 60 minutes, that doesn't matter. And I need to perform. And, and at times I wasn't, thank God our team is, is so good. And we were by no means rely on me whatsoever at any point, you know, I've just been um, contributing just like everybody else. So, um, but, um, but yeah, you just kind of, <laughs> deal with it you realize like i said it's their prerogative to, to say whatever they want and and um for me the best thing is just kind of been trying to put my head down and, and work through it um i recently did an article where i mentioned that the coach brought me in one day and just said what's going on brother like i'm not upset by any means he's just like because i wasn't really doing anything wrong i was just i'm a vocal guy and i was barely even speaking i was head down first guy out couldn't wait to get out of there um and i was in a very dark place where suicidal thoughts were, were creeping in again and and, it, and it's a, a really scary thing and i was completely honest with them um and the thing that i think that turned around for me was knowing that he had my back he offered me time off um i was getting messages from teammates after practice that you know offering their support hey how do you want to go for coffee how do you want to go for a walk and um to be honest i didn't i wasn't in the mood to take them up on it but just knowing that knowing that they were there um, that the coach had my back was what turned it around. Ever since I did that article, I've been playing with a big weight off my shoulders. Um, got an unbelievable, unbelievable response from the fan base all over the UK. Um, a lot of messages from family and friends back home. Um, and it's it's been overwhelming. Um, and it's been a big relief for me. And, and I'm, I'm very glad that I've done it. And I hope I can help some more people. Good. I am shocked uh, again, from the fans sitting on the couch here, I'm shocked uh, with our podcast. We've had on now 50 something different players and from all different backgrounds. And it's a pretty common theme. And I don't know if it's because you're in such a high anxiety, uh, uh, I don't want to say sport business where, you know, you can't, when you're off, it's noticed. It's everybody might be getting on your case about it. But we were shocked that this is a prevailing theme with a lot of hockey players, since that's who we talked to. Um, and now that you have, you know, like we talked about, um, you know, Theo Flory coming on and all his thing. When we had Shane Corson, when we had on um, a bunch of guests. They're all talking about it, but it seems like now that they're talking about it, now they're doing something about it. But how, how, let me get your opinion on this. How much do you think it's, it's, it's not because hockey does something to a person. Is it the stress and anxiety of having to, you know, be on your A game, every practice, every game? What, what do you think it is that really drives the anxiety? 
Uh, I mean, you know, first of all, I don't think that mental health, obviously, I mean, there's everyone knows, I mean, I, I hope that everyone knows this. It's obviously not limited to hockey players or athletes right, whatsoever. Right. Right. Um, everybody struggles. You wouldn't believe, you know, some of the messages I got from people that are just, you know, just struggling with every day. It's a very, obviously extremely common. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it is just a combination of, of all those things that you mentioned. Um, and um expectations um results um you know when it's not going your way it's it's tough but you know i think the biggest surprise for me or for most fans after reading my article was that i i'm seemingly like the happiest guy some of these fans have ever seen um and they have no idea you know what i really go through on a daily basis and and, and sometimes as someone put it on twitter yesterday kind of the pain behind that smile um and you know it just goes to show you know just kind of be considerate you know think about what people could be dealing with um don't jump to conclusions um and uh, that's kind of how i've been trying to adapt my lifestyle uh, more and more recently and, and i i, I uh, plead with with others to do so as well so theo flurry since we just had him on a couple of weeks ago you know this was things that that he now does like this is his thing besides maybe Canadian politics which we won't talk about but uh um this is his thing he thinks you know I mean he said that since he wrote the book and he's come out and been honest he's had just thousands and thousands of people saying me too and looking at him as sort of a because he's a public figure looking at him to kind of not be the leader but they're trying to say Hey, I think I need help. And our, my question to you is, since you are a public figure, you're a professional athlete, are you prepared? You've already got people messaging you. Are you kind of prepared to, unfortunately, sports athletes might have to take on that burden, that role of people saying, hey, what you said is the first time that's connected and it's me too. Yeah. So <clears throat> you got to be careful, right? You know, we're no expert. We're just dealing with what they're dealing with. Um, and that's kind of been the message that um, I have been um, repeating to, yeah, I mean, dozens and dozens of, of messages um, from fans that I am. I'm so glad that they reached out. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it even again. Now I am, I am here for you. Um, there are others that are here for you. Um, you know, obviously what keeps on getting repeated is you are not alone. Um, but you have to be careful with giving advice um, and whatnot. So I always just let them know that the biggest thing that helped me was asking for it, was admitting that it, I needed help and then actually searching out that help um, or seeking out that help. For the longest time, I admitted it. And then I was too proud to actually go and get the help. Um, and it, it hurt me. It hurt my relationships. It hurt my family um, and it, it was, it hurt my career. Um, and so when I, um, I'm at my best, when I can be open and honest about it and actually seeking the, the help that's needed. And, and that's my biggest message to people is that uh, there is tons of help out there and, and you are not alone and, and please ask for help. Um, I will respond to every single message that I get. Um, I think I have so far. Um, um, but I will obviously be steer clear of trying to give any type of expert advice other than, you know, I'm here for you and, and, um, others are as well. So fan interaction was, uh, and there's not much at the NHL level, which you, which you played at just because of security and, you know, it's bigger arenas and the team kind of secludes the 
you know, you might catch a player coming off the bus or whatever, coming out of the hotel. But it seems like, and we'll just take Tulsa and I'm sure Sheffield. I mean, we just saw a picture of you finally meeting a, a, a super young man that's been a fan of yours. We see that in Tulsa a lot. You know, there's a lot of player interaction. Fans can interact with the players. Was that something that surprised you when you became a pro that there was such of that? Because you're just focused on making it as a pro. And it's kind of sort of a part of the business, not saying that you don't do it because you personally dislike it or anything, but it's part of the business. Were you surprised at that as a pro? No. Um, so I said this um, a few times. Um, I'm not sure, you know, publicly, but um, I've been asked this question before. And when I was in, in junior, um, I won't share names, but one of our better players was kind of brushing off um, autographs you know it's it, it you know sometimes it can be you, you have to be there for a while either before or after or, or whatnot um and I've always taken the time to to stand around stay around and take pictures and and um and give autographs um and one of the someone that worked for our team he's told me I think I was must have been 16 or 17 sorry 17 or 18 and they said Haji one day no one's going to want your autograph he said, so, so take, take this in, you know what I mean? And, and, and do the right thing for these people that we wouldn't have a career if it weren't for um, our fan base. Um, and that stuck with me. Um, I've always taken the time to stick around late. Um, so I was always prepared for it. You do see it in the, in the minor leagues back home um, more so in, in, in Europe over here. And, and for us, you know, I absolutely love it. The fans are always on the glass. They're always wanting to give high fives. You know, and after games, you know, we could be on, on the way to our cars. They uh, they know where we come out. You know, um, we're happy to to see them. And, you know, there's always a huge crowd waiting for us in, in the cold and the UK wind and, and rain. And um, they're so loyal. And, and I feel I feel a personal duty to to take the time to take those pictures and, and give those autographs and, and have a quick word. And um, I've always been happy to do it. I'm thankful for it. And I will continue to do it. So getting back to the team here and the rest of the season, uh, you guys at least play, I think, through April, right? Parts of April. Um, yeah, yeah. So we will go to – they extended the week one season because of uh, some COVID um, cancellations we had. Um, so I think the last game will be played the last weekend in April. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to jinx anything here, but, you know, it, like you said, it's pretty tight for spot one, two, three. You guys are in, in the first spot. Um you know, how tough is Belfast? You know, it seems like you guys have some tussles each time you guys play, at least based on the highlights that we can see. Yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah. who's your biggest rival right now? It's going to be one of my questions. So is that? One yeah, of I mean, who's our biggest rival? The league. You know, everyone wants, everyone wants, everyone wants to take down, you know, the, the guys at the top. You know, you're going to get everyone's best. Um, who's our biggest rival? I think the biggest rival rival for the fan base is Nottingham. Um, you know, Nottingham and Manchester. Nottingham is very, very close to us, and it's always kind of been just the the Steelers and the Panthers' uh, major rivalry, um, which I love. Those games are always great, home and away. Um, but you know, obviously now um, the top three is, is Sheffield, Cardiff, and Belfast. Uh, we've only played Belfast once. Um, you know, we had their number in that game, but they've ever since they have been on an absolute tear. So we're obviously watching those games. Um, and uh, we've played Cardiff now, <clears throat> I want to say four times. Um, we have them this weekend. Um, so those are big games. We have we have games in hand and, and thankfully we're up on Cardiff. So it's, we play them Sunday at home. That's going to be a big one. I think we're probably going to be sold out. 
Um, that'll be a huge game. Um, and then in Europe, uh, in most leagues, you're kind of playing a side tournament at the same time that you're playing your regular season and, and some, sometimes one or more. Um, so we are actually involved in the Challenge Cup as well, which is basically a side tournament played with the, the teams in our league. But it's just another trophy to win with a different format. Um, so the semifinals are actually we're in it against Cardiff on Wednesday. So we got them on Sunday and Wednesday. Um, so uh, they're both huge games. You don't want to drop points in the regular season with this, them coming up under us. And then the Challenge Cup, um, we're the defending champs. They won it before they canceled the season last year. Um, and uh, I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we beat Cardiff in the finals. So um, this will be a huge game. It's, it's just a one-off. Um, on Wednesday, on Wednesday, it's a one-off semifinal and then a one-off final. Um, if you go through, um, and it's going to be uh, exciting. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Um, and then obviously rolling into Wednesday as well. So I'm, I'm excited. Cool. So, yeah, you, you talked about your the head coach a lot. And obviously, uh, from what Sheffield posts on the social media, you know, he's, he's very well-spoken and clearly a good hockey coach. But just what you talked about, how you started <clears> – <throat> mentally to start to get better and start to go the right way was after you had known that uh, he had your back and your support allowed you to take up time, whatever it may be. It seems like the team's success is also built off the coach creating that, what I guess everybody's trying to call that locker room culture that everybody's so obsessed with the NHL and everything as a player though. I mean, from couch fans, you know, we can say whatever and make assumptions, but positivity and not just being just tough hockey players, no, uh, emotion or anything like that. I mean, that positive environment and that support from a coach obviously builds that locker room culture, right? And that success for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you know, you know that Foxy is, is, has been, um, you know, unreal for, for myself and for the team this year. Um, you know, I feel like um, we have such a good leadership group, uh, guys that have been here for so long that I, even one of the best things a coach can do sometimes is just take a step back and let the leaders do or let the team figure it out. And, um, you know, I think he knows when to push the buttons and, and kind of when to take a step back and and let uh, let the guys figure it out. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a huge credit to him because a lot of the times you just want to have your, you know, not that he's never not, not in control, he's always in control, but, you know, being able to step back and, and, and let things kind of sort themselves out or, or trusting your team to sort of sort it out themselves, knowing that they know what to do. Um, which a lot of the times he'll come in, we'll be down going into the second or third period, and he'll say, listen, we're, we're, I know you guys are going to get this done. Um, you know, we're a dominating play, we're controlling play, we're right there. Um, and it's nice to have that opposed to someone coming in and, and jumping on you and yelling at you, and, and um, he hasn't had to do that very often. Um, when he does, the message comes across, and, and, and we definitely know it's uh, time to pick it up. Um, so he's been, um, you know, all facets of the, uh, of the game on ice and off ice. He's, he's been great for myself and for the team. Yeah, so it sounds like a new kind of coaching style. And it seems like I do want your opinion as a pro, uh, player, Haji, that Martin St. Louis quickly said in an interview that he didn't, you know, he's now the new coach for Montreal Canadiens. As if anybody doesn't know, he said Ooh. that he didn't want to build too many systems on players and that when he was a player, he hated systems and sometimes you let your, the best players in the world or on your team play their game. I mean, they're going to make those best decisions for the most part is pretty much what he said. Do you agree with that? Do you think that maybe teams should take that approach of maybe not make everything such a system? You have to play everything, by the overcoached. way, overcoached. I mean, what, what are your, kind of your opinions on that? 
Yeah. So the, so the, my way or the highway, um, old school mentality is kind of out the window, right? Um, you, I'm sure you can even see, um, the, um, you know, the older NHL coaches like the Bruce Boudreaux and, and, uh, and whatnot kind of having, being forced to adapt, you know, obviously they're more authoritarian and, and, and that's kind of why they've been successful. And he's obviously doing a great job, you know, just speaking towards him and in Vancouver, but, um, yeah. So the big word that's been thrown around, I think in my, in Marty St. Louis, um, interview that I watched and I plan on coaching. So I listen closely and, and I pay attention to a lot of stuff going on is the word structure. So, um, obviously you have systems that you'd like to play, but when you could, um, build that structure and, and, and Fox uses that word, um, more often than I've, I've heard all, all my career. And, and it really resonates with me and, and something that I will be building on, you know, you have your structure, but then you allow your team to play within that structure. So it's not just, you're not robots, you know, that's a term that players hate being boxed in you got to do this, you got to do this. And, and then you just, you might as well just be robots. And, and then you're too predictable. Um, you always want to be predictable for your team, but you don't want to be predictable for the other team just to, you know, pick up on your, on your, what you're doing um, before it's even done. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's great. Um, a great kind of shift for the players. It's nice, a little bit more freedom, but also, I mean, we have a big responsibility to, to play within the coaching structure and, um, we have a great one and it's, and it's why we've been successful personally speaking to, for the Steelers. So I want to end our, our, our talk with, with this. And again, I'm going back to the, uh, 30 games. I know you guys have 33 and I just couldn't pull up the stat before you jumped on, on zoom, seven goals, 17 assists. So thir- we'll say 30 games, 24 points. It's almost a point a game you're mentioning. Yeah, this might be my last season for, uh, that's not retirement numbers. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's true. Um, I, mean, I mean, you got to be honest here, you know? You know what? It's time for me just to be a dad. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'll try not to tear up as I talk about it, but I just spent too much time away from my kids yeah. um, throughout my career based off of just how things have worked out with my uh, my life and uh, and my career. And and so it's, it's really just time for me to go home and, and be a dad. Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be cool to to go out, um, knowing that I still had, um, was able to contribute and to, um, perform and to entertain and to, um, you know, hopefully, you know, win, win something here. It would be, um, I, I was lucky enough to win one. My, when I first played pro with the comments there, it wasn't a full year, but we won it my first year and, and not to jinx anything, knock on wood here, but, uh, to win going out with this fan base, um, you know, with everything that's kind of come out recently, it would, for me, it would just be the, a, a fairy tale type scenario. Um, you know, my body's tired. Um, my, my mind is tired and, um, I'm excited to go home and, and just be a dad and, and, and kind of piece my life back together and, and find some structure and, and some more, some more happiness. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm ready. So you did mention coaching, something that you might do. Is that a, so you're saying like yeah. coaching uh, teenagers, what's kind of your, what are you looking to do? Yeah. So over the last couple of uh, summers, um, I've, I've been uh, yeah, doing skill lessons for anyone from, you know, kids in, in town that were basically anywhere from my son's age, nine to 16. Um, and I've loved it. The response has been great with the kids and their parents and, and the community, the hockey community there. Um, and so, you know, nothing is finalized yet. Um, but yeah, um, 
I was talking to some friends the other day. I said, we can buy this champagne, but we can't open it yet. You know, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't signed a contract for what's next yet or anything, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it will be in coaching in, in some capacity um, at the junior level, um, even younger. Um, there's a great travel organization in, in Fort Wayne um, that uh, I'm really excited and, and would love to be a part of, um, help get more kids playing hockey, help develop um, skill levels, um, starting from the, you know, the youngest ages all the way up. Um, it's what I really want to do. It's, it's my passion. Um, and, and we're close, just uh, no official announcement yet. Well, we are following the Steelers here to the end of their, I mean, what a season they're having. Uh, you know, we can't thank you enough again for coming on to share a little bit about hockey and talking about, about you know, personal things for you. And, and again, this is a dream come true to uh, father and son hockey yeah. podcast. And you have certainly been part of that. And uh, you know, maybe the next stage in your life, if it's coaching or whatever, we'll uh, we can have you back on and you can talk about coaching. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to. Hopefully we're talking about a championship first. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. so we wish wish you the best of luck. I, I know that Sheffield fans are, are listening to this because they're also following us. So uh, hopefully uh, we, we say hello from the United States, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. to them. And uh, we wish you all the success, and we'll say goodbye off air. But uh, thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks, Aji. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, I'm so glad that we get the follow-up. Uh, yeah. with him and yeah. he was uh kind enough to go on our podcast early on in our right. podcasting year and a half or however long it's been yeah. and um following him has been exciting for us we've learned a lot about um hockey out there in the uk yeah. and hockey in europe with all our other guests but uh yeah it, they have a great fan base and we wish uh, sheffield all the best of of luck yep absolutely and uh you know, too, just going back to what you said uh, real quick, you know, with the mental health, everybody's struggling. So be kind, consider it to everybody. doesn't matter if it's your neighbor, your friend, family, or a professional athlete. Just be nice without positivity. Yeah, be nice. I mean, you can still be fans. Right, still be fans. But, you know, I mean, I love when we have on uh, the on ice officials on our podcast right. because yep. nobody's a fan of the on ice right. officials. And, you know, so you get on them. Uh, I'll be honest, but they know that it's part of the game. But yeah, when, when we're talking about livelihood families, you know, things like that, you know, we just, you know, let's not get it. It's, it's almost like uh, the Russian figure skaters. So it's February 18th. We'll probably uh, release this today. And the stress of the whole doping allegations with the 15 year old Olympic skater, she's 15. Right. Right. And the total collapse and I don't know if you saw this, but even her teammates, you know, one had gold and one had silver. The silver was mad because she felt she did more technically. And, and it's just like a bad scene, just failure, right. all, all levels there in, in, in the Russian figure skating coaching world. Right. And, you know, again, the poor girl that was number one, she didn't even meddle because all the anxiety and I'm sure the the bullying and the stress and, and probably even alienation of her fellow skating. Yeah. You know, as a 15 people. year old, I can't imagine going through that. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's really sad to watch. I mean, she just had a meltdown and she's pretty consistent, but anyway, that's all talking about, you know, the anxiety, mental health yep. and performance. Exactly. It doesn't matter if they make millions of dollars or if they're broke, everybody can still struggle. And that's something everybody needs to understand. 
follow Justin Hodgman. Yes, follow on Twitter. Follow Sheffield Steelers yep. here. Even America, they they get a great season. Check out the uh, what do they call them, Eddie. The Eddie yeah. celebrations, they yeah. are kind of fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably going to start coming here to more North America like Carolina. Absolutely. Old yes. school hockey, right? Don Cherry doesn't like that yep. stuff, exactly. but yet the fans love it. They love it. And it yep. seems like the players love it too. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in today. We do hope that uh, Haji's message will reach people today that need to hear it, as well as our Sheffield uh, Steelers fans that uh, support their team, support Haji and anybody else that we've had on that were alumni of that team. So we appreciate everybody listening today. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you.